DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Big weekend of college basketball coming up Saturday at noon. BYU, Kansas State, high noon on ESPN+. K-State is struggling. They've lost seven of the last eight games, but the one win was over Kansas. And there's the Big 12 in a nutshell, PK. Oh, totally. You just you're, you get off to a great start, which K-State did, and then it all goes wrong, which it has. But in the middle of that, you still beat your rival, who's one of the elite teams in college basketball. I watched that game. It makes it. no sense, and yet there it is. Well, any home team can beat any team in this conference. Yeah, and we've seen that, right, with Oklahoma State now winning three straight uh, road games, the third one being the win over BYU. And they're sitting in last place. But nonetheless, they take down three teams in a row at home. So BYU on the road to Kansas State at noon, and Utah's at Colorado at 7 o'clock, and the Utes are 7-8 and eight in the conference, and Colorado is 8-7. and seven. So a big game on the Pac-12 networks for Utah as they're trying to get on a run here. They're still being mentioned as a team that's on the bubble, but on the wrong side of the bubble. So they need a hot streak here at the end of the year if they're going to pull this off. The Utah State Aggies have the weekend off. Gives them a little extra time to savor that win over San Diego State at home earlier in the week. We're joined now by Great Osibor, Utah State's forward. Great, good morning. Good morning. How y'all doing? We are doing well. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I saw your post-game interview after the win against San Diego State, and there are a lot of things you expect in that situation. And talk about the game and what a big win it was. But you went to playing in front of the crowd. And uh, what a gift that was! That this is you talk about. This is what you dream of when you're uh, when you're young and, and you're shooting hoops. And one day you want to be that good. Can you? Wh- when did you know it was going to be this much fun to play in front of the fans in the Spectrum? When did it really register with what you have there and the and the connection with the fan base? Honestly, honestly, I don't think I realized until the first game, like the exhibition game. And you know what's mad? I didn't even play. I didn't even play our first like exhibition game because I tweaked my ankle. And I've been hearing about the spectrum the whole summer since I got here from everyone. Everyone's like, "Oh man, just wait till you see the spectrum. Just wait till you see the spectrum." And I was, and it got to the point where I was looking like, "There's no way it can be like that good." And then the first game we're playing a Division two school and it's packed, and I'm like, "Bro, there's no way." And then I finally played in it, and now you can just feel all the energy and support. And I was like, okay, this is for real. And it's just getting better every game, and that's been big time. You obviously followed uh, Coach Sprinkle from a Montana State, and you were a good player there. But I don't think there's any question that you've upped your game here with Utah State. So as the competition has gotten better, you've obviously – handled it. What do you think are some of the reasons for the improvement that you had in your first two seasons over there at Montana State versus what you've been able to do so far here for the Aggies? I mean, obviously, we had a really good team at Montana State last year, uh, shown by the fact that we won the Big Sky Tournament. I went to the NCAA Tournament, and that was the second straight time we went there. So, like, last year, I was a sophomore, and I was playing behind the league MVP, and it was just a matter of me playing my role, you know, and buying my time. And then, obviously, obviously, once Coach Sprint got the job here, and he was like, great, we need you. Like, this this your show once you come here with us because we trust you. Just 
we're going to give you the opportunity to do what you do. It was pretty much a no-brainer at that point. Like, he wanted me to come to Utah State, and he was like, I will give you the keys. Like, you already know our system. It's your turn. I'd like to back up in your, your personal story a few more years. You grew up in England, not known as a basketball hotspot. How do you come yeah. to the sport? How do you get trained in the sport? And how do you end up deciding to come play college basketball in, in the U.S.? Start, start with the beginning. How, how do you fall in love with the sport and get hooked on it? So I was born in Spain, right? And in Spain, basketball is a, bit, a little bit. It's more bigger than in England, how, how big it is in England. So when I was growing up, when I was a kid, I was like, I had too much energy, right? And my parents were like, okay, what are we going to do with this kid? And my aunt and uncle, my older cousin, he, he used to play basketball. They were like, you might as well try putting great in basketball, see if that helps, like, help tire him out and stuff. So they were like, okay. So when I was when I was three, they put me in, like, them kids' basketball, like, practices. And ever since then, I've been playing. So when I moved to England, even though basketball isn't, like, the main sport there, it's like, this is something I've been doing my whole life. It's all I know. So I'm like, I'm going to keep doing it, right? Because I'm, I'm pretty good. But then I went to, I was going, playing different levels. And I was like, okay, uh, obviously the goal is to go to America, play at the highest level possible, right? And we didn't know how we were going to do that. But then I ended up going to my school academy in Preston. And my freshman, my first year there, Chris Haslam, the assistant coach here, well, at the time he was at Montana State, he came and seen me. And I was like 6'5". But he was like, okay, this kid really, like, he has something, you know, we're going to keep an eye on him and keep in touch. And then that summer from my first year, um, my school boarding school to my second year, I kind of grew to like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, and then it was like from there, I started getting a few offers, and the rest is, is kind of history, you know. The story of Utah State is certainly here locally. It's well documented as far as basically everybody leaving. Uh, Falsef obviously was a red shirt, but pretty much everybody left and the coaches leave and, and all these new guys come together here and from various places. And here you are, uh, Coach Sprinkle, we'd all be shocked if he's not coach of the year and, and you still have a few ball games to go, but you're looking like you have a good shot to be player of the year in the conference. At what point... When you guys all got together, did it click to where you thought, we have a shot to be pretty good this year? You know, I've been lying if I told you I need it the whole time. But we we had a we had a tough game against Bradley where we lost in overtime. Yeah. But that low-key opened our eyes to the fact that, okay, we can really compete. And then, obviously, we came back, played a few more games. But the Cayman Islands, when we won the Cayman Islands, I was like, okay, we really might be for real, you know, because we played three amazing teams in the Cayman Islands, and I was like, okay, we can really, we can really do this. And then it was a matter of building from that at that point. Like everybody bought in, everyone, no one had egos. We just wanted to win and get better. And it's it's fun to come to practice every day and do what we do, you know. Winning certainly builds camaraderie and chemistry. It's a lot easier to get along when everybody's happy because uh, you just won the you just won the last game. You guys have done a lot of winning this year. How do you build yeah, sure. the personal relationships, and who are you closer to when guys are coming and going and moving around, and maybe only on a team for a year? There's not a lot of time. Who have you bonded with, and how? Um, 
I bonded with the whole team pretty much. Like, obviously, not, we had a few guys who were from here, like Landon Branchley, Mason Falsliff, and Isaac Johnson. And in the summer, they did a really good job of, like, having people over to, like, their house, making sure we could spend time together. Uh, I spent a lot of time with Joshua Duje and Carson Temple. Like, like those are my guys. Like, we, we're always together, basically. And just having people that you can relate to off the court it makes it easier, like, on the floor. If I, if I tell Carson something, like, I know he's going to execute and listen because he just wants to do the best thing for the team because uh, we're so good friends. Whatever I tell him, if, whether it's good or bad, he's not going to take it personal. It's just a matter of winning. And same with Josh. Like, he's a, an elite scorer, right? But, like, right now he's going for the role where he's going to come off the bench and give us our sparking games that we need, like Wyoming. He was the best player on the floor, arguably, that game. And little things like that just makes it better. You're 10-4 and four in conference, uh, three of the losses on the road, one at home. Uh, so you've won enough. You're putting yourselves in the position to win the thing for sure. Maybe, you know, we'll see what happens. But I'm wondering, the losses – uh, how much can you benefit from them? Because it's not like you've just breezed through. You've had some real tough games. And so thinking that, hey, these losses that you've had, maybe they could uh, get the focus there and with the coaches realize what you need to do to finish this thing out. I mean, absolutely. Like, I don't think no – we knew going in, Coach Sprinkle told us, like, he told us in January, no one in the Mile West Conference is going to go undefeated, right? Like, this is a, a, an elite conference, an elite basketball conference. So the thing, the only thing you can do at that point is you learn from your losses. Like, you don't want it to compound and it become a sin. But when you lose, you got to realize why did he lose and then take that and improve that for our games. So next time when we play a team, we're not going to lose. And again, like... As it's shown all around the league, winning in the Mount West is not e- in the, it's not easy. Like, and especially on the road, like it's super hard. So when you can manage to sneak on out there and get a win on the road and learn from that, it's big time, you know. Yeah. Utah State Aggie star Great Osabor joining us right here on the Zone. You mentioned Coach Sprinkle. He, he's brand new here. You you probably spend as much time with him as anybody in the in the state. What is he? What is he like? What has he got that makes him a good coach? Now, I, you know what it is with Coach Sprinkle. Yeah, he he's so personable. Like you wouldn't you see him and you talk to him and you wouldn't have it that okay this guy is a head coach of the Utah State team that's whatever like twenty twenty two and five or whatever. Like he he really cares about people and. I can really tell you about it because I've been with him for like three years now, and I, I would say I know him as well as about as well as anyone out here. And like, he really cares about everything. Like, any minor little detail, like he cares. Like, and he cares about you as a person, as a basketball player. He wants you to be your best version. So when you have someone in that corner, like everyone just wants to do their job, you know, because you know he's gonna bring it every day. And if he brings it and you don't bring it, then it might become an issue. So to keep everyone happy. We just all bring it, you know. How much did living in a town like Bozeman prepare you for living in Logan? I'm wondering if there's similarities there. Um, Bozeman's awesome. Bozeman's actually really cool. People underrate Bozeman. I don't know. If if you've not been to Bozeman, you need to take a trip there. Like, it's really cool. Little, little town, little city. Like, it prepared me for 
of Logan in the sense that Logan is in the biggest city, but there's a there's a lot of different things in Logan to do. You just got to go find it. And that was low-key the same with Bozeman. And Bozeman's been cool. Like, I've seen this from the summer, and especially when you meet people from here, like, they show you around. You have, you have a good time. When you go when you go back home, when you go back to England and people say, what's the United States like? What do you tell them? Well, I tell them it's different. Like, obviously, uh, Logan and Bozeman are a lot different from, say, Florida or California or whatever. But it just, I told them it depends on where you go. Like, where I've been, it's been, it's been cool, it's been whatever, but I've been blessed that through basketball, I get to travel a lot and I see a lot of different places. So, I just thought it was really different. When you're done with college and all that, what do you want to do with basketball? Obviously, my goal is to play at the highest level I can possibly can. God gave me a gift with my talents and my abilities, and I feel like I owe it to God and the people who've trusted in me to try and make the most out of it, you know. Obviously, I'm having a really good season. We're going to see how everything pans out afterwards. Well, I'm still a junior, so I still have a year back here. I want to take it, you know. So we'll see. I assume that if people are telling you about the spectrum, they're telling you about other pieces of Utah State basketball history and uh, and all that kind of stuff. And you've still got, uh, I think, four regular season games to go before the conference tournament. But have you heard about the rivalry between the Aggies and the Aztecs and how it usually works out in the conference tournament? There tends to be a third meeting. Yeah, I heard that they tend – Aggies against San Diego State tends to be the final, huh? (laughs) It does. It has been, yeah. Yeah, I heard about that. Uh, Obviously, you don't want to look ahead and get yourself in trouble, but it was a great game last time. I'd I'd be down to see them again. They're an amazing team. It'd be a fun way to end end the conference. Well, great. We we appreciate uh, talking to you. I I guess – for people who haven't heard the story, why are you named Great? How are you named Great? So when my parents first found out they were going to have me, my parents, like we come from a really religious household, so my parents were like, wow, God, he's great. Like, and they were so filled with joy that they were like, okay, my dad was like, great, that's it. We're going to go with Great. And there it is. Well, we appreciate a few minutes of your time and getting to know you better. Thanks for joining us here on the radio yeah. this morning. Appreciate you guys having me. Thank you very much. Great Osamor, Utah State star player. The Aggies are rolling. They get a Saturday off and then four games and then off to the conference tournament. Yeah, I you know, I I go by Patrick, but I was actually named mediocre. <laughs> that a kid. Yeah. Could have been worse. I would have thought it was middling. Yeah. They they contemplated sucky. Now you're going to see that on social media if you turn on your <laughs> notifications. I'd recommend not doing that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Hey, Yach, speaking of uh, text message, social media, has anybody tried to guess what you were talking about in the last break? Are they pretty accurate? They nailed it. Yeah, they figured it out. Didn't take very long. Nailed it. I see what you think. Okay, fine. When we come back, everything you missed in this show, stay with us. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, may I present... This is JJ and Alex. Joining us right now, collegefootballnews.com, he is Pete Futak. Pete, what's going on, man? Give me the superpower team you're really freaked out about in the Big 12. There isn't one, which is why, you know, Utah is probably one of the favorites right now. Arizona is one of the favorites, Oklahoma State. One of those teams is going to get in the college football playoff. 
So it's just going to make the regular season that much bigger because now it's not just up to a panel of judges to come up with four teams. Top five ranked conference champions get in, seven at large. It's fine. You know, throw a little cookie to the group of five program champions, and they get their stay in there. And then you get other teams, you know, who like an FSU of last year, might get their moment and get in the playoff and you know do what they can do. It's just going to make numbers that much bigger. Catch JJ and Alex afternoons from three to six, presented by G2G Bars on ninety-seven five the KSL Sports Zone. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. Slacker Radio headlines brought to you by Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. Find your new Mazda at the south end of the valley at Tim Daly Mazda Southtown. That's Tim Daly Mazda Southtown in Sandy. Catch you up to date on what's happened in this show. We had David Locke on, radio voice of the jazz. I thought it was interesting, PK, when he explained why do they end up with 17 points in a quarter? Why can't and take over and fix things? Why doesn't he get more shots? I have to say, when I went back and looked at the shot chart, I was surprised he took five or six shots in the fourth quarter, which is you know quite a few. I think I would have guessed two or three. Now, one of them he had wiped away because he hit a three, and Sexton was called for an illegal screen when he already had the guy going under the screen. I don't know why he, that, he had that to move. play. Yeah. Sexton was literally a pulling guard. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And there was no need. The guy's going under the screen. Markin is going to get the shot off. You don't have to see. He plays guard. Yeah, I get it. And, and he, he was, was moving. He was moving. Like it's a pulling guard. Lineman. I think. I think we all got it. <laughs> but thanks for explaining it, just in case. Well, I know you're a basketball guy. Yeah, but that's a football so, joke, right? And I, you're not really a football guy. But I knew he was a guard. I think many people know he's a guard. I think very few people identify right, Sexton. They, as I a, didn't know if you knew the offensive lineman, the guard tackle yeah, type yeah. thing. I didn't know you knew the positions. That is super condescending. You're, you're Good a work football by, guy. Super I mean, con- basketball guy. Super condescending by you. Really appreciate. Well, it. if you're going to be anything, you might as well be super at it. <laughs> <laughs> very good. <laughs> You're like great Osibor. I've got a gift. If I don't, if I can't be condescending at the highest level, you're just not fulfilling your gift. That and you're six eight two fifty. That a kid. Yeah, you're you're a load. But I thought that was interesting about Markinen, and really what he was explaining the limitations in Markinen's game is why I think a lot of people look at him and say he can be the second best player on a really good team, but can he be the best player? And that's one thing, a key thing. That is missing. Give him the ball and have him create a shot. Well, that's not what he does. And the whole eyeball test matching the stats, the stat about of all the guys who scored 20 points a game in the NBA, he has the ball the least because he's catch and shoot guy. He's not. That doesn't surprise me, by the way, at all. Not ISO. No, I didn't know the stat, but as soon as I heard it, I thought, well, that makes sense. He, He is a fire away dude. Sometimes I question shot selection so quick. That's what bugs me on the threes. To me, if you shoot your three, I don't like it quick. I don't like it rushed. I like it, like I hate if you're coming down and the guy's sprinting on the wing, he catches it, stops, shoots. It just seems like your body is just not going to allow you to make that shot. And it really does. There are very few players who can shoot when they're moving. It's like, are the feet set? Is the body set? Yeah. Because if you do it all in one motion, you're right. That thing's going left, right, long. It just. I mean, I think they can to, closer to the hoop, back to the bucket that's type different, thing. Right. But that three, I just don't like that shot. It just seems like I just see it in my mind. Somebody coming down the right side, getting that pass, and then firing it, and it's just you're too much. Too much momentum. Uh-huh. You need to be still. You need to be yes. 
If you're still the odds go way, and up. you got a second, half a second, whatever it might be, fine. I think sometimes he gets it, and just it just, just seems rushed. And it seemed like the velocity of the shot, it wouldn't be a soft shot. So you better line drive it in because you're certainly not going to get any soft bounce around the rim and have it roll in. Anything else David Locke said about the Jazz that got your attention? He was talking about the rookies and the young guys. Any of that appeal to you? Stick yes. with you? Yes. Uh, multiple things, actually. Uh, Give us your favorite. Well, I'll just go in order of what it, I think he said that Keontae George has to play hard, and he's been better at that. And if he does, he'll be a scorer in this league. Uh, the minimum bottom level floor, I guess you would say, of Hendricks is a 10-year guy in the league with that athletic ability. He keeps going to Covington. I think it could be more. Well, he says that's the bottom. It can be more. That's But I think that's the bottom floor. more. Than Co- I, oh, you think he's guaranteed to be more than Covington? Not that he can be well, more I'm than Covington. Well, I'm not guaranteeing anything. But well, that's the, I the floor is the guarantee. I think his floor can be better than Covington is where I'm getting. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know who or what or where, but he's such a pup to where just I'm not going to put any I, limits on him offensively. I was thinking while you were talking, I was thinking that was the best quarter of basketball he's played in the NBA. And I immediately thought, well, how many quarters of basketball has he played in the NBA? But that was his best quarter. There's no question. Yeah, And and, and make plays without the ball. Go get an offensive rebound and put it back in. That's, well, a, that's that. a big he's deal. He's so live. He can. He can, but we just hadn't seen a lot of it. Yeah, and I mean, then we, He's not getting much yeah, time. And I now agree. you got 25 games and you ain't going anywhere. So... Yeah. Give him the time, and let's see if he can go do that. Right. Identify a couple things. It gives. I just think it gives players a lot of confidence when they can go in the game and say, okay, I'm not the best guy out here, and i got flaws in my games, but these, these one, two, three things, I know I can do these. I know I can have an impact on the game, and when I go back to the bench, I'm going to feel good, and the guys are going to think, yeah, that guy's a player. This is, for him, it's G League Plus. <laughs> now. It's not NBA Minus? It's G League Plus. Right, whatever he was doing, and I didn't watch him in the G League. I looked at the box scores and all, but I don't ever. I never watched it. And I heard what Wojo would talk and say about him and all that stuff. Now it's like do do that type of thing. I mean, I'm sure when you played in the G League, you took the floor with confidence. And so what? That's the reason why I said G League Plus is not for him to just jack it up every time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about he should have taken the floor in the G League, thinking I belong. I'm minimally as good as all these guys if not better so i want that same attitude now in the remaining 25 games i belong i'm good i can do this play with confidence like you i assumed you did in the g league i never asked him about it but my guess is thinking okay i've dropped down a level that's why i didn't go nba minus because i don't know that you have the confidence that Mm -hmm. mindset needs to be g league plus as far as that goes. And then, you know, the Kessler Collins thing, they got to figure out. Makes me think one or one or both of them is going to get moved. Mm-hmm. Certainly to- one. Totally agree. It's going to happen. Yeah. And what are the trades going to be? And when are they going to happen? They're not going to draft their way back into the top third of the NBA exclusively. If you got lucky, it'll be possibly, a, but I wouldn't it, count on right. it. Right. They're, they're going to be trades. Yeah. And which of the guys who are on the roster now have value and will go on one of those well, I think deals? several of them have value. I agree. But which one of them will have value to the team? Well, I'm with you. There's multiple guys. you got to have somebody on the other end. Right. And what does that team need? Right. Yeah. 
one team may be interested in Clarkson, another team may be interested in Collins, another team may be interested in Sexton. They all have value one way or another. Yeah. In addition to David Locke, Jason Christ joined us from Florida. Team training today. After training, they will fly to St. Louis tomorrow night. They will play their second game of the year. He was bullish on the 17-year-old. Fidel Barajas thought he was pretty composed coming into the game. Thought the team as a whole was just nervous and in awe. And yeah, so be took it. 45 minutes to settle in. Well, they're not going to play that level of stars again. <laughs> There's not after that. What is going to awe you? That's the most. Uh, that's the most yeah. glamorous lineup in MLS. And you had Bex there. Yeah, he was watching. Yep, it's like Babe Ruth watching. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, sure. So yeah, and then they talking about Crooks, and he thinks uh, he's got one or two guys that that will be vying for uh, PT, and so uh, it's somewhat of a work in progress. This is a long, long way to go. He did say he was at training, and Crooks was with the team, yeah. and he was training. So probably see him in some some form, some fashion for a few minutes to sub him in for twenty or thirty, maybe. We'll see how that goes. He is expected to help. Chicho a lot because he's 6'4". He's, he's easily the biggest player RSL has had. And he's going to require attention from the center backs. He's a goal scorer. He'd been playing in the championship, the second league and the second tier in England. You're talking Crooks. Crooks. Yeah. And that is viewed as like the sixth best league in the world and far better than MLS. So we've seen other players who are really good come and go between the two leagues. Uh-huh. And if you're playing there, you ought to be able to step right in and start an MLS and, and be good. We also had Great Osibor on, Aggie uh, forward. Interesting, his story. Falling in love with basketball in Spain, moving to England, playing even more, coming to the U.S., getting spotted by an assistant coach, and now dominating. Sprinkle is a genuine guy, detail-oriented, who brings it every day. And the spectrum helps. Well, him I mean, that he, fell in love he with had quickly. great successes on the modern Montana State and Bozeman. Yep. And so I can see why he'd want to follow. You know, Osamor's story is somewhat unusual, but at the mm-hmm. same time, it, it happens a fair amount. Somebody spots somebody somewhere on the planet, develop a relationship. They want to come to the States. So he comes here. And this kid deserves to play on a big stage. It'll be interesting to see which uh, desperate teams come with a lot of NIL. Because I think where we are in college sports right now, it's a given. Yeah, I wouldn't necessarily say desperate, though. I was thinking more they have a hole to fill on their roster desperate. But not necessarily a bad team. It could be a very good team. He's so good not enough. Desperate. Yes. He's right. probably helping anybody's a good, team. A good team that needs somebody because at one position. think about the other teams. The teams that are really good, their players are probably going to the NBA. Could be. That, that could be, got to plug a so, guy in. Yeah. And I'm wondering, with that body, uh, he's a load. He's a Mack truck. Well, we saw what happened so with— So what about the NBA? We saw about—I mean, they play it a little differently, but they're big guys who really impact games, have that in common. We saw Fardaz Amak at UVU go off to the Big 12 and now go to the Pac-12. And there's multiple teams and multiple leagues that are going to have an interest in a guy who's got that size and that level of athletic ability. He's probably a better scorer than Fardos was. He's probably not as good a rebounder, but he's a good enough rebounder. So somebody will come well, call Well, for where him. he's we'll playing. And how do we know that uh, Utah State doesn't throw two mil his way? <laughs> that would be something. That's a pretty big number. 
Yeah, I've, this thing has a t- potential to break up quickly, so Aggie fans enjoy it while it's there. And pretty much everything has I was, a chance. I was to about break to up say quickly. at this point, if you're not, but I mean, they're the very, really good. If you're not at the very top of the food chain, and then you lose guys to the pros, so even that breaks up. You know, even if you're Alabama and Ohio State in football, you're going to lose guys to the NFL. Right, but those so, guys are more easily replaced. In college sports now, if you got something good, you better soak it up because everybody's going to be on their way one way or another. Anything else we talked about in this show you would like to tell the people all about? Yeah, I guess you're you're irritated at the politicians, huh? <laughs> That's what I took from that. Uh, it's not. You're just making stuff up. You were bringing in taxation without representation. And no, I brought in the taxation. In... You brought in the representation. Well, I just asked you because it seemed that's where you were going. So they're, you weren't with us earlier. They're going to tax the, bulk of, uh, the rental cars or something you were telling me? One of the, one of the, uh, one of the most surprising things here in the last uh, few weeks, after, after uh, 20 or 30 years of questions, do you think we could ever get Major League Baseball? Do you think we can ever get the NFL? So, well, before we worry about that, why don't we worry about who's going to pay for the stadium? Because for decades, I didn't think there was any appetite for our legislature to spend tax money on this. And, and why now, not? I have now, no idea what the appetite, appetite of the legislature would be. Just getting the, I think it was about $60 million for the soccer stadium in Sandy was a brouhaha that lasted for a while before it got sorted out. And they did eventually do it. So tens of millions of dollars was a big deal. This is going to be hundreds of millions. I mean, some people are spending over a billion dollars on these stadiums. I don't know what the price tag will be on the facilities here. I wouldn't think it's that high. But nonetheless, it can easily be half a billion. It would be 10 times what they spend on the stadium. That wouldn't be surprising. So they're looking at raising, and it's gone out of committee. It hasn't gone to the full vote yet, but they're looking at raising the it tax on It just advanced, on, by the way. It did just advance. It's eight to two vote to advance the bill ahead to the House for a full vote. And that's on the baseball that's, stadium? It's on the baseball one. I literally just saw that tweet come across. Okay. So that's to raise money on hotel tax? That one, yes. And did it involve rental cars or not? Or did they say? That part I do not It's basically know. a tourist tax. How about shuttles? How about the scooters? <laughs> they ought yeah, to tax the yeah, scooters. Yeah, get the big scooter money companies. in taxing the yes. scooters. Yeah. And the, That's like, an excellent idea. All those city bike things, those green things. I think the scooters have kind of, uh, I don't see as many people on the bikes now. The scooters have kind of taken over. The bikes were very popular for a while, but I think the scooters have brushed the bikes aside. And I know you're very much against an alcohol tax. That's already uh, being done again. This is not going to go to sports. And they're also looking at Where's a district. Where's it going to go? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's the general fund. Beats me. I don't know. Look that up. The general fund? I don't know. What do they do with the general fund? Spend it. On, on what? Stuff, generally. Okay. <laughs> you want to argue with that, Yuck? <laughs> And so you're against all this. Okay, well, you have that right. That's okay. I mean, I I think it's clear. Once we get in baseball, once the word baseball is mentioned, your soccer pride just goes through the roof, and you're going to steamroll anyone who gets in the way. Because you don't want that sport taking over your sport. I understand it. That's why I never see Clowkey and you in the same room anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're hilarious. 
<laughs> you would if you came to jazz games. <laughs> I would if I felt it. Well, never mind. But, uh... <laughs> no, please do expound. <laughs> share. I understand. You get your you get your soccer stuff just gets in the way. It's not going anywhere. You got your nice little thing just right. You get out of the studio for. 11 months out of the year during the season, so it's okay. 11 months out of the year during the season. I see that, too. <laughs> Going to play the hits here. We got 90 seconds to break. Play the hits, people. Let's go. I've often said soccer's a good sport for kids. Yak, did they do, is it a separate deal, what they are talking about doing for uh, basketball and hockey district? Yeah, the, the NHL deal is a whole separate bill. It's being sponsored by Dan McKay, who we've actually, you guys have had in studio. In Dan McKay? Yeah, he's a, a state senator, if I recall correctly. Uh, he's sponsoring that one. This is a separate bill for D-Max the been in studio? Yeah. Remember? I can only think of one guy who's in studio, and that was the guy. Was he the guy we, that uh, when the U was... Uh-huh. Uh, oh, really? Or that... Or the, or <laughs> no, we the governor's been in studio. What are you talking about? We've had the governor. Yeah, but at one state legislator. I yeah. get the governor's It, it was, been it was Dan McKay. Yeah. D-Mac. Right. D-Mac, yes, that's who we. Do you guys discuss this over food? Because we don't at home. We don't. No, we don't talk politics at all. No, I get no idea. I saw this. Uh, I think I saw the previous thing on Tuesday night um, when I was on, on Twitter during the uh, BYU and Utah State basketball games. I think that's when I saw it. So what? That there was a committee vote that was four zero, and one of them was advancing, and the other one was going to be considered. Huh. I'll be gall darned. Yeah. There you go. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 The Zone. When we come back, your feedback. Next, stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Question of the morning. If the Jazz are going to continue to lose, at least isn't it good to give minutes to the rookies? And a lot of you have been responding on Twitter this morning. Brandon, yeah, give the rookies minutes only for Danny to trade him in a year for future draft picks so Danny can have fun on draft night. Hey, come on. Why are we so down on uh, Daniel R? Five-game losing streak. He's done something that's only happened 17 times in the NBA. Win it all with the Celtics? Yes. Put together a Celtic championship team? Yes. Taylor Hendricks Fan Clubs at 1280 Josh says, yeah, like play him in the fourth quarter last night would have been great. Hendricks was awesome in the third, didn't see the floor in the fourth. Neither did Sensaba. I'm okay with Sensabaugh, but I didn't understand the Hendricks thing, to be honest. Yeah, could have seen him for a few minutes early in the fourth. Not the final well, five. Why not? Yeah. Why not the final five? If you're going to lose, what's the difference? Ryan says, uh, what do I want? I want him to lose enough to get the eighth pick in the draft. The eighth pick? That's going to uh-huh. be pretty hard. They got a little separation there from the worst eight. Uh, but if they try hard and they can do it. Just say that uh, something's come up and... Marketing has to go back to the military in Finland. (laughs) (laughs) Warrior at Warrior Hunt. Isn't that the point? The issue I have is we still try to be competitive to this point in the season, and then we lose the rest of the way, which guarantees we're always going to be drafting in that 9-10 range. If we're going to lose, we might as well go for a high draft pick. And last year was the year to lose, and we didn't do it. Yeah, but you, you had such a minuscule chance to get it. To get one by Yama with number one, 14%. But it was going to be somebody, and you could still get a very good player at Miller, two, three, Miller's four. Miller's a good player. Right. No doubt. He so was now good at Alabama. He's good here. Now you're at a 28% chance of getting one of the top two picks. Okay, but how do you know Hendricks doesn't develop in two or three years? 
You don't. Right. It's so maybe all, they uh, got one anyway. It's all a roll of the dice. We don't know. And really maybe know. he just needs a little more opportunity to develop than a Brandon Miller, who has a more sophisticated offensive game. At this point. And then we'll see where it is and yeah. see who the better I mean, player is. I think is. at that point they I, did too. I think, and I think in five years, Brandon Miller is going to be the better player. But you don't know offensively. But you don't know that for sure, right? And what impact? I'm pretty sure. What impact do you have on the game though? Defending and rebounding. What? Oh, he'll be fine. He'll be very good there. It's a question of what he can bring Bring offensively. offensively. How much can he improve offensively? The other stuff, I have no doubt, will be there. Are you 32 percent guy who no one takes seriously when they stand on the three point line and the team's playing four on five? Well, then you don't take that shot. Are you a decent 35 percent guy who can make him pay a little? Get your butt in there and get going. You're just barely getting started I, now. I was talking to people last night. He's about 10,000 three-pointers this summer away from us figuring out what he might be able to do <laughs> next year. And there's no but reason. Yep. I don't. I assume the kid's got a work ethic. Seems right. like a bright kid. Now, this is get your job, the, son. Get in the gym you and know, get the shots There is really up. no off-season in terms of working. Nope. There's a week. You get a week vacation like everybody else. Yeah. And then you have and another week at the end of the summer. And there's your two weeks. Right. But and the then, rest of the time, and the thing is, and di- you can go plan. And and the thing is, unlike other jobs, well, maybe like more jobs now, you can go other places and get shots up. I mean, you don't have to. You know, you want to go. And we've seen guys go to Florida. All right, and you want to go spend a couple hours in the middle of the day at the beach. Great. And then in the, another afternoon workout, you're back in the gym, weights, shooting, whatever it is you're working on. Well, there's plenty of time for you to have a life. Yep, plenty of. No time. one's asking you to do a yeah. 15 hours here. Yep. Cheese Fries just tweeted at us, the legislature cannot be trusted. Any billion-dollar stadium should go to a vote on a ballot so taxpayers can decide if we want to waste all that money on the NHL or Major League Baseball. Oh, well, he is making a political statement, assuming Cheese Fries is a male, um, by saying wasted. Yes. And we get this from Papa Dave at UPS Dave. Yes. DJ, please ask PK if it's sucky with a Y or an IE. Why? Oh, is it Y? Uh, we had Great Osibor on about and asked, you know, for people to know why is his name great. And you said you were almost named mediocre and that Sucky was actually in the conversation briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I was going to say, I'm a Y guy, but my sister, Patty, is IE. Aha. Although nobody outside of the family calls her Patty. What does everyone call her? Pat. Oh, okay. But. In the family, we never called her that. And when she refers to herself in the family, she calls herself Patty. It's a very interesting dynamic. One we will explore more later. (laughs) Much later. And not on the air. When we have our post-show meeting. I hope we're meeting with management today, because i got a couple things i got to get off my chest about you. Okay. You are lying now. You are a lying liar. A Friday meeting. Let's just say uh, after the reduction, you'll be downsizing your television. (laughs) (laughs) All right. There you go. Anything else you want to tell the people here before we head out for the weekend? You were just telling me Pac-12 hoops. We didn't really talk about it. But Washington State, did they just punch their NCAA ticket? They went to Tucson, beat Arizona, and now are a half game in front of Arizona in the Pac-12 race. I believe they have, yeah. I believe they're in. I believe both those teams are in. And then does the Pac-12 get a third team? It's just funny. Anytime the U of A loses, particularly the home game, it's just like a panic. <laughs> you think, well, what's the difference? You guys, your success is going to be determined next month, not 
last night in McHale, and the Cougs got you. Good for them. It happened last year. Many ASU kids threw in a, like a 50, 60-footer. Uh-huh. And, oh, my gosh, they were just on social media. They're going nuts. I'm thinking, who cares? <laughs> You've already established yourself as an NCAA tournament team. And you're going to be remembered for your program is rarely remembered on what you do in February. It's what you're going to do in March. When I think of Arizona, I have no idea how many Pac-12 titles they won in the regular season or in the tournament, but I know they've been to four Final Fours, and I know they won a title. Yeah. That's what I remember about Arizona basketball. If that was a game you needed to get in the tournament, okay, but it's not. No, they're in. They're in. They're going to be a pretty good seed. Yeah. I don't understand I've the angst at all the brac- when that. Yeah, I've looked at all the bracketology When they stuff. lose a home game. Because your fans go nuts. and you're obsessive and every game matters. <laughs> it go, it, it's amazing. You're like contradicting yourself because you talk about the Snowbirds and how important it is there. And that's what they really care about. One win I know, but game. we're two weeks away from going to Vegas. And you're going to get your name called on the following Sunday. I yep. guarantee it. DJ and PK, we're all done. Jake and Ben are up next. Stay with us.